Welcome to the Weisberg Talk Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, today, sitting around the table, you've got Courtney and Todd, Matt, Zach, Sammy, and myself. Yo. How's everybody doing today? Good. Hey. Fantastic. Fantastic. It is Monday morning. It is a cold Monday morning. Mm-hmm. March 2nd. March 4th. Uh, but it feels like February 4th. We'll be no flying kites today. No. Yeah. <laughs> Spring has not sprung. So, yeah, it's March and it's still cold out. How do y'all feel about that? Has it turned to spring yet? It's still I don't winter, know. Isn't it? No, it's March 21st. Is oh, yeah, that's right. It's, it's, like, it's March and it's snowing. I'm just like, it's still winter. And Kentucky. And Kentucky. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not been uncommon for it to snow on Easter. Right. Yeah, so. I don't feel great about it, but I'm also not looking forward to like getting out my summer clothes. So that's okay. Oh. Okay. Well, I'm not looking forward to that either. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I uh, a little disappointed that it's cold out. I like last week we had a sixty degree day and that was fun. We went mm-hmm. to the park and played. That was a good day. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the cold. Uh, let's see. So uh, this weekend, this past weekend was uh, Messiah Week Two. Mm-hmm. Messiah Week Two. Uh, that was a fun weekend. Uh, yeah, it was interesting. I don't know if you all picked up on this. I was telling uh, Paula about it, our office administrator earlier. You know, um, I had I did something different this week that I've never done before in thirty seven years of ministry, and that is um, extended an invitation for the not for the first time people to accept Christ, but for those who claim Christ as their Savior to follow Him through whatever mess or problem they're dealing with to say, I'm going to do it your way. Mm-hmm. I never have extended an invitation like that before. We had over 130 people respond to that. Wow. That's crazy. That's, that, wow. that, that said something to me that maybe we've had some oversight of giving people an opportunity to, I use this term loosely, but rededicate, that we always make it about the first-time decision to follow yeah. Christ, and maybe there's people that need to constantly need to be rebooting their spiritual walk. And, you know, your message this week, it was so spot-on with the idea that, you know, a couple of weeks ago I, I preached about Salvation is not a point in time. Right. right? It's just a follow-up, really, on that. Right. And, and, I mean, beautifully fit with this idea that, that you know, yeah, often we throw out an altar call or so, you know, we, the invitation for a first-time believer. But, you know, when we look at the New Testament, it's not about mental ascent, right? And that's largely what you had on this weekend, mm-hmm. moving beyond mental ascent, affirming Christ, to, to a daily practice of following Christ mm-hmm. right. so that was neat but I think that falls under the category of renewing your mind which we should be doing daily and so like a weekend like this where we are renewing our mind about what it means to get out of a mess I think that's maybe maybe a more fitting word than rededication because it's people who are already established believers saying I've got work to do I think it's a healthy exercise for us all to do that on occasion. So so let me ask, let's dive a little deeper when it comes to this idea of, you know, what Sam, you had a one-liner there that you stole from somebody, but I'm just kidding. I still <laughs> <laughs> Probably from you. 
no, but you had one, uh, one line that, was, that said something to the extent of, um, you can't just pray your way out of a mess. Right. You got to. You can't pray your way out of a mess you've behaved yourself oh, into. That you good. And you yeah. got to follow someone out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the one who knows his way out is the guy that's holding the light. Yeah. So, so here's the thing, Sammy. I mean, look, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second. All You're right. good at it. I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, all right, so here's the thing. Like, yeah, I'm a Christian. I read my Bible. I go to church, and I pray. But I'm still in this mess. What am I doing wrong? I mean, what's it mean to follow Jesus out of it? I mean, I'm doing all the Christian stuff. Are you asking me yeah. or the whole group? Well, I mean, anybody. Yeah, I mean, what's that mean to follow Jesus? I mean, what's it, what's it mean to... Well, I said this weekend, and I'll reiterate it just quickly, it means more than just looking up. It means giving up. And what I mean by that is got to look up and surrender. And so now, all of a sudden, it comes into play what James, the half-brother of Jesus, wrote about. You have faith, and you have works that cannot be separated. Mm-hmm. So you're following a pattern of life that Jesus showed us, which is why he came to represent what, what God would look like on earth. This is how you get out of it. Jesus showed us how to do that. So just by affiliation, if we follow him, that means we act, do, and say, and respond in the way that Jesus would act, do, and respond mm-hmm. to life. Now, he was perfect, and we're imperfect, so we get off course occasionally. Mm-hmm. The trick is is to continue to look forward to the light and start going to it. Because yeah. he said, I'm the light of the world. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, summing it up, that's what following looks like, and I think that's an everyday occurrence. It's an everyday event. I have to evaluate. I think that's why the Scripture encourages us to, to pray without ceasing. Yeah. Whereas, so as we're going through the day, what we're not praying is, is necessarily for God to come in and magically fix our situation. We're praying that God would show us what we need to do to go toward the fix. Yeah. Yeah. You you know, one of the things that stands out to me is that we often kind of evaluate our walk with Jesus. And we think about, okay, to, to live like Jesus lived means that in the big examples i respond like jesus so when i see someone who is starving the side of the road i might be prompted to buy them a meal or give them money or something you know when when someone insults me uh you know my aim is to respond the way jesus would would have responded um but but the call in scripture is much more than just responding in the big moments of jesus of our life it's in the small moments of our lives you know, we're called to walk as Jesus walked. And that's not just when, you know, big events are happening, but it's also in the in the daily small things that happen. You know, I mean, we see Jesus, his, his priority, uh, uh, one of his priorities was spending time uh, with God in prayer, uh, in solitude, not just the shotgun prayer, throwing it up, but, but, you know, extended periods of solitude and silence and, and, uh, and, and prayer. Um, but then... After every one of his big nights of prayer, that's when Jesus made and did some big actions, right? After a night of prayer, that's when he chose his disciples. 
you know, his, his, his inner 12 and, and those things like that. And so it's, you know, often we think, well, I want to respond when someone insults me, I want to respond like Jesus. But the, the call of the New Testament is to respond like Jesus when no one's watching. Mm-hmm. That's really where the rubber meets the road when, when it's not a big example. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that kind of sends that to me thinking about following Jesus and following him out of my mess. Means to walk with Jesus, walk not just in the big moments, but in the small moments. What other thoughts came out from the weekend? Zach's got all kinds of them. I can see them. They're just like being revealed all over his forehead. You know, I actually had a challenge for myself. I was going to try and make it through this podcast without saying a word, but I guess y'all are going to. When you were saying. It's a talk podcast. I know, I know, but it was still just a challenge. It was still just a challenge. Okay. So, but uh, for those of the listeners who have. Children in the children's ministry. It's funny how these things kind of line up, um, because you know you're talking about following Jesus out of your mess. And in the children's ministry, we talked about the parable of the lost sheep, mm-hmm. and how the, when that one sheep gets astray, that Jesus will go and seek it. But at the same time, you know, if you look at it like we're the sheep, um, there's times where Jesus is leading me somewhere I don't necessarily feel like I want to go. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so in order for us to get back with the flock or get back where Jesus wants us, where our shepherd wants us, then we have to go where he leads us. And so uh, so um, I think that that was pretty cool. And then we talked about uh, the book and just getting into the Bible and just opening up and trying to read it and personalize it. And uh, I think by doing that, we can see, uh, well, my, my hope is that we'll see, and I've seen it in my life, even coming from you know my background, I've seen it that um, God moving in, uh, people's lives in scripture, I can see him moving in a similar way. Uh, while God's consistent, he doesn't always do everything the exact same way. You know what I mean? And so uh, so I can see how he uh, how he can move in my life through reading scripture and personalizing it there. Well, you know, I always re- I've referred to it many times. You all have heard me speak on it, that uh, the Bible is kind of like our guide or our map. Mm-hmm. And you know, we have, he said, you, you have a destination that you desire. We all want to go to heaven when we die. You have a des- destination we want to desire. And the, and the, and the scripture is a, is a roadmap for us to be able to get there. Mm-hmm. Okay, what do I need to do? He's paved the way to a destination. Now, you know, how am I going to get there? Mm-hmm. And so we have, we have, in our best interest, a map given to us on the shortest route there. We get detoured occasionally, but even then, there's a way back if we choose to follow it. When we and that's what the constant struggle that we have as Christ followers is: is staying on path to get to our destination. So all and then, and then by and by example of going that, we automatically lead other people with us. So that's the goal. But all roads lead to Jesus. Is that right? <laughs> we just don't choose that correct road. Is that right? Oh, we can take you completely off course yeah. if you go the opposite mm-hmm. direction. I guess. So not all roads lead to Jesus. Yes. All roads lead to Leesburg. <laughs> and that's a whole other story. Um, you know, one of the things that you know, one of the one of the common mistakes we, we make is, you know, we place our hope and our faith in Jesus and Jesus and Jesus is going to fix this mess. Uh, but then sometimes we, we sit back and we just wait. And that can be a dangerous a dangerous thing for us to, to be in. You know, I have this reoccurring uh, you know, we've got a great ministry here called Change for a Dollar. And each dollar, each week we only take one dollar for each person that comes on the campus. And we turn around and we bless families and organizations with those funds. So it's a great ministry, 
but in that ministry, sometimes we have to have hard conversations. And uh, uh, for the past two years, I've got one phone number that is a constant phone number, a constant conversation that I have. And it's a cluster of three people that call from this number. And uh, for three, for two years, they haven't had a job. No one in the house has had a job. They say they're looking for a job, but they haven't had one in two years. And, uh, and unemployment's at an all-time low. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Just saying that. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of availability. Uh, there's plenty of availability for jobs, but they haven't. And um, they get a little angry with me when they say, well, aren't you going to do something? And my response is, well, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. Uh, there are jobs available, even if it's not a good job. A bad job is better than a no job, right? And so uh, sometimes we, we like to sit back in default and say, well, God, you're going to fix this mess. And while ultimately he's paved that way for that mess to be fixed, it takes initiative on our part to do what needs to take to, to get fixed. Well, you know, I, I said, and I'm not trying to be repetitive, but, you know, I think there's a very big misnomer of trying to look at Jesus as if he is a good luck charm right. mm. or a magic lamp or a rabbit's foot or something that we can go to. And if we, you know, say the right words and pray correctly that, you know, some kind of magic formula is going to happen and dollars are going to rain out of the sky or something. I don't know what, but, and I, and, and maybe that's been our fault. And when I say ours, the church at large, you know, because maybe we haven't taught that well enough. I think we've made, and then, you know, on the flip side of John, I think part of the issue that we've not handled well in the church is that we've had, we've had people looking We've been guilty of getting people to look at us rather than to Christ hmm. a little bit too okay. much. And I think that, uh, you know, people get so bent out of shape about Christianity because of pastors' imperf imperfections or whatever. Well, let me just let you in on a secret. <laughs> we all have them, okay? So, the, you know, but I think that we, we have to be very conscious that everything that we say, we point to him and not to us as being uh, the one to follow correctly to lead you where you want to go. Yeah. Yeah. And if we do that and do that humbly and try to set the best example we can, then I think maybe we can be of assistance to people in a, in a much deeper way. I think that's truly what discipleship is, is telling people to point to look to him, not to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, um, boy, I'm going to go here just because it came to my mind. Why would it? So, Pondering. you know, one of the, one of the, <laughs> one of the phrases of most recovery networks is, you know, step one is generally with AA and ACR is, uh, I've admitted that I'm powerless mm. over my addiction or situation or whatever. Right. Mm. And, and while there's so much truth to that, that is also in some ways uh, contradictory to what we're saying, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And so, uh, so let's dive in there. Anybody want to dive in there with me? I'll, I'll dip a toe. Um, <laughs> dip a toe. I, yeah, I think there's a level of powerless, powerlessness over uh, like impulses and impulse control. However, if you have Christ living within you, you have the power of Christ over sin. And so if your sin is 
overeating or drugs or pornography, you, with the power of Christ, have power over that sin. You don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. You can get yourself out of situations and friend groups so that it's easier, but I don't think you're entirely powerless, especially if you have Christ living within you. I think you're right, and I think that the great weakness in all the recovery programs, and I've always had this pushback on them, and I've made it publicly known, is that I get I get really a little bit defensive when it comes to people claiming their identity in their misgivings or their failings. Yeah, for example. My name is Sam Harris, and I'm a whatever. Well, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christ follower. My identity is in Christ, not in whatever it is that I'm struggling with. So by saying it differently, I think we recognize who the power really is in our yeah. life. I mean, if I'm, a, mm-hmm. if I'm Sam Harris and I'm addicted to whatever, that's not the... I'm claiming that has power over my life yeah. versus my identity in Christ. And as a Christian, your identity is in Him. He's the one that gives you the power, that's right. not the addiction or whatever it is that you're doing with. And I think we got to be... I think it's always been a little bit of my pushback on some of the recovery stuff that's yeah. gone on. And I've made that publicly known yeah. and I've taken some shots for it too. And you know, I mean, I mean, so there's a, le- a a healthy level of admitting powerlessness over certain things. For example, if I've got a, a you know, let's say I've got a, a drinking issue, and I know that uh, one is too many and twenty is not enough, then I know that I'm powerless when it comes to alcohol in my life. Therefore, my best resolve would be to abstain completely from alcohol, right? Because I'm powerless under it, but I'm not, you know, I struggle with. Because that's, you're putting yourself that's, under it. That's right. If we're putting ourselves under that's Christ, right. yeah. then you're not powerless yeah. anymore. You can't be a victor if you're a victim. Right. Yes. Yeah. I right. think there's some truth to, like, admitting that you have very little control is the first step to self-control in a lot of areas. And so to say, I can't eat just one Oreo, I, I'm not gonna oh, have them in the don't house. Bring Oreos sorry, into this. I'm sorry. That's John's addiction. That's my addiction. <laughs> Mine's Diet Coke. Yeah. I, yeah. All right. So, but, um, yeah, admitting, you know, I have low impulse control with a, with a sleeve of Oreos. I can crush them in two seconds and not think twice. Maybe I don't need to take a sleeve. Yeah. And sit down just with don't them. put them in your house. Take or, or take. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know if I go that far. <laughs> Uh, but well, yeah, I think that's where you find the find the problem though, is people are like, you know, I'm not going to drink anymore. But, you know, I'm not going to drink anymore. But someone's like, okay, then throw your alcohol away. But it costs like I spend so much money on that. I'm not going to just throw it away. Yeah. If you're not willing to get it out of your house, you're not willing to get rid of it. That's I true. said, <laughs> I did the same thing. <laughs> I was like, what are you drinking? <laughs> 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 but also, TJ Swan is that what you're anyway, That's how much he knows I'm just about saying, alcohol. I don't really know a lot about alcohol, but I'm just saying like that's part of the issue is we know there's a problem, we know we need to get over the problem, but sometimes we're not willing to make those hard choices. Yeah, and take the steps to yeah. to get out of the problem. So I mean, I, I remember I, I remember talking with a, another minister about eight, five six years ago. And, man, he was just struggling. He was upside down financially. Uh, just home was a mess. And, um, and and so I said, well, what are you going to do about it? I mean, he said, well, I'm, I'm praying. I'm asking God. God will provide. God will provide. God will provide. 
Like, well, maybe God provided you with the ability and the freedom to get another job. You know, like maybe that's how God provides for you. You've got the ability to work. And, you know, I've always looked back at Paul when it comes to, you know, that type of situation. Paul said, to look, to, to a man who's able-bodied uh, and able to work but chooses not to work, well, he goes hungry. You know, sometimes um, if we don't take the steps that we need to take, then, then we those consequences are there for, for motivation. Right? Yeah, and we've removed some motivation for mm-hmm. people as a culture and as a society and even yeah. as a church. Yeah. Flourish has been studying Jeremiah, which is such a hard book. But what is Flourish? Flourish is part of our women's ministry at Leesburg, and it's an online Facebook group that has daily content. And so this year we're studying Jeremiah. But um, something that I've been learning is that consequences are still part of uh, God's correction. And so while you may be forgiven, you still have earthly consequences that you have to mm-hmm. deal with. And and uh, Judah's story in the book of Jeremiah is a lot of little decisions that have led to this huge mess that they're in as an entire country. Mm-hmm. Um and so now they are so far, they're so far in this hole that they have forgotten how to connect with God. Mm-hmm. And it's, it was a lot of little behaviors that they behaved themselves into this mess because they kept following examples of people that they trusted that should not have been trusted. So there's, I mean, there's still consequences. And a lot of that is God's goodness, as backwards as it seems, it is a kindness of God to correct you in private and in life before he, before there's eternal correction. Mm-hmm. And so to be humble and be like, yeah, I got work to do to get out of here. Yeah. It's important. Matt, you've been off of quiet today. Yeah. I mean, that's not a shocker. Yeah. I thought you took the challenge too. No, I didn't. Okay. I just, I'm just. No, it's just you. I'm just, it's just me. I like you got any thoughts? Listen and process. I, you know, the whole, every time we talk about anything like this, all I can think about is act. You know, like, anytime God was going to use somebody in the Bible, they still had to act. You know, like Jonah had to act. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, and I think every time I've ever done that, every time I felt like I'm in a, I'm in a mess and I take a step out to act, Whatever it may be, whether it was I was jobless and I needed a job and I knew I was going to have to work some horrible job. Every time I went out and actually worked that horrible job, another door opened up because of an opportunity that came from that horrible job. And, you know, I think I think one of the things we do as Christians sometimes, like you said, is we we think if we pray for it, God's just going to give to us. Mm -hmm. And it's like he's he might give you an opportunity, but he but also Sometimes when he gives you a horrible job to do, the opportunity comes from that horrible job. Mm-hmm. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. And uh, so I, I think we just have to remember that actions speak louder than words. Like we can we can pray, but we also have to be willing to be humble and say, "Man, I got to get I got to start working towards getting out of this mess." You know, it takes work. It's not just an easy. Fix. There's nothing in life that's an easy fix. There's no magic pill to lose weight. There's no magic pill to uh, get over your addiction, but there is a step that you can take right off the bat, and that's to act on making that mess better. Yeah. And you know, 
And not all messes are bad. Right. Right. So, I mean, the they, best things that have ever happened to me in my life, I can honestly say, came from when mm-hmm. I responded well to my messes. Mm-hmm. Yep. The worst things that have ever happened to me in my life is when I chose not to respond positively to my messes. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Because you can't get out of the mess. We're in it. We're in a fallen, broken world. If you don't even create it, it's going to come to you. The difference is what path are you going to choose once you're there. Yeah. And it all starts with humility. Mm-hmm. And then it says, okay, what do you want me to do? Yeah. You know, I love Hebrews. The writer of Hebrews says that Jesus learned obedience through what he suffered. And, uh, I mean, that really hit me a couple years ago. Like, wow, through suffering, Jesus... First of all, the idea that Jesus learned obedience is sometimes mind-blowing because I, I have this tendency to think of Jesus as like Superman. You know what I mean? Like God in the flesh, Superman. But he, the writer of Hebrews tells us that Jesus was created just like me and you. Uh, he had the same resources available to him that you and I have um, uh, for us. And so, uh, so Jesus learned obedience through suffering. He had to learn obedience. And my suffering, my messes in life are opportunities for me to to be in the shoes of Jesus and learn obedience as well. So, very good, very good. Uh, you know, we've we've gone twenty five minutes or so now. Let's let's wrap up. Any final thoughts or or words for the future? Uh, this brought up us. This brought up a story in John chapter twenty one. Uh, Jesus, after the resurrection, is meeting with Peter, and um, and Peter is he's upset. He doesn't like Jesus is asking him questions, and he's like, you know the answer to these questions. Why are you asking me? And Jesus is trying to give him an instruction for what will be his ministry that we see play out in the rest of Scripture. And his his final command to him is, follow me. And Peter's like, his whole life has been turned upside down because he's been following this guy for three years. Now he's dead and resurrected, but he's not staying. And and so he understands that a new helper is coming, <laughs> but Jesus' command is, follow me. Um, and so that sort of reminds me, when you don't know what to do about your mess, go back to what you know to do. Mm-hmm. And so when we look to Scripture and we see what we know to be true, we can act in faith on those things before we understand what God is doing. That's good. That's, That's all good. I had to say. When you don't know what to do, fall back to what you know to do. Yeah, and so I'm, that I don't, was the message for the week. That's yeah. exactly the sum, summary of everything we're That's talking good. about. And I don't want anybody to misunderstand. Yeah. Don't go back to old bad habits that you know aren't going to no, no. work. Go back to the truth of God. Look in Scripture and mm-hmm. see what needs to happen. And you're not going to be made a fool by yeah. doing what God has told you is right to do. That's right. That's good, Courtney. That's good. Todd, final words. Uh, just kind of a personal account here uh, I know there's been times in my life though that I've had situations that have just gotten like really messy and uh, as I've prayed I've prayed specifically uh, for a specific result and uh, sometimes God's answer when you ask those kinds of prayers and you're expecting him to fix it is no mm-hmm. and sometimes that's the best thing that could possibly happen is you get an answer that is no. Because when you hit rock bottom and the answer is no, I mean, you got to move or you're just going to stay there. And mm-hmm. so 
moving uh, helps you find another answer that is actually what God would want you to have or want for you, which is often better than what you wanted for yourself. The result that I asked for but didn't receive that I got the answer no for would have not been beneficial for me. Mm-hmm. And so it just caused me to, you know, finally start moving. And once I started moving, other doors started opening and mm-hmm. uh, kind of headed in a better direction. So this is the broken road that led you to Corinth, right? Part of it, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Todd. Matthew. Uh, yeah, just uh, don't stand still. Keep moving forward. I think, you know, in my life, I've all, like one of my prayers every day is that God will open the doors he wants to open and close the ones that he wants to close. But it's up to me to go through whatever doors open. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I have done that, when I've always continuously moved forward, uh, it's always been a risk, but it's always been a far greater reward than if I stood still or tried to force my way through a door that wasn't mm-hmm. open. So act, move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard a farmer say one time, he said, don't let the grass grow under your feet. So he's like, get busy. Right. That's what he was telling it to his workers. And so. <laughs> well, whenever I find myself in a mess, you know, I like reach out for Mr. Clean because he gets rid of dirt and grime and grease in just a minute. You know? <laughs> I like to think that God gave those engineers the, uh, you know, the, the mental capacity and intelligence mm-hmm. to be able to be ready. Two minutes is just too We long, are not so. sponsored. I want everyone to know. <laughs> <laughs> <Not yet>. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I would highly recommend that you often put that in your mouth. <laughs> My parents tried. Maybe that should have been your Mama goal. Mama tried. Not Mama tried. any inappropriate <laughs> jokes. Instead of, instead of no words, no inappropriate jokes, maybe. Um. I want to build on my closing comments on what Maddie said because I I am so much about that kicking the door down and rather than trying to walk through the ones that open. I think we're so guilty of kicking doors down and then asking God to jump in and bless it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and that is such a big mistake. And if we can get over that, I think it would serve us well in being able to avoid messes because we haven't talked a lot about that. There are messes you can't avoid. You know, yes, we live in a messy world, and yes, we're going to have things happen. But there's a lot of messes that we that are self-induced mm-hmm. because we kick doors down, and then we want God to bless it yeah. rather than walking through the opportunities mm-hmm. that He provides for us. And I would caution people to be careful about that. I've often heard the old slogan. I always love the old phrase that big, big doors swing on small hinges, and sometimes we don't realize that big doors of opportunity come through small opportunities that God opens up for us or small in small ways. Right. So we need to keep that in mind. You know, one of the things I think about is uh, I guess along with both those things, sometimes our default is to avoid messes. Of course we know we can't avoid messes because we live in a broken world. Uh, but also sometimes maybe the mess is exactly where God wants us. Look at the life of Paul, shipwrecked and stoned and beaten and I mean that's a mess. But that was his obedience to God led him to messes. But it all pointed to the glory of God. That's right. And you can use that. That was kind of the point, you know, this weekend. You can use that to point to the glory of God. And again, that's a choice. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes those messes are 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 God's desire, right? Um, so anyway, you know, we often want to avoid messes altogether, but that's not. A possibility. Paul couldn't avoid messes. None of the early disciples avoided mess. 
John's the only one that died of natural death, right? Yeah, alone. Uh, in <laughs> exile. Yeah, alone in exile, but natural death still. So, you know, I mean, you know, messes, the question, I guess, is what kind of messes are they? Are they messes that point to the glory of God? Or are they messes that are created because of sinfulness and brokenness uh, and, and my inaction or wrongful action? So Good we stuff. Look at that. Look forward to week three. That's going to be fun. Week three. Address the Messiah. The Messiah. That's right. Messiah. Yeah. yeah. Fun. Is Christianity just about staying out of trouble? Ooh. That's what we're talking about this coming week. Interesting. Is it just about staying it's out of trouble? just about staying out of trouble. Boy, I like that. It's going to be fun. Uh, like, share, comment, engage with us on social, uh, or you can email us at leesburgchristianchurch at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Uh, but until next week, we say farewell. Peace. Oh, oh bye. good. Hey. hey that was good. That was good. <laughs> <laughs>